Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is Wednesday, August 15th, 2018. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar, talking the go-home show for SmackDown before SummerSlam. How's it going, Justin? It's going good. I'm ready to be in New York. Yeah, seriously, man. So you're going to be there live uh, for, well, it's kind of a weird SummerSlam compared to last year and the year before. Uh, it is. It, it, it does. In some ways, it lacks some big feels. But at the other, at the other points, um, you know, again, I, I, every time I see Brock Lesnar live, and I know that we probably have less than five Brock Lesnar pro wrestling matches left, and then all the, the circumstances around that, which we'll, you know, we've talked about, and Brian and Miz um, and, and, and Ronda, I mean, there's still, it, it's, it's like, it's either a very extreme high points or it's just stuff that is extreme low points that I don't care about. It's that there is no middle ground. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I don't know. You know, think about two years ago when uh, we had the the draft the first time and mm-hmm. how hot SummerSlam was then for the first Universal Championship, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins, uh, SmackDown determining their tag team titles, um, setting up their women's championship. I can't remember if the women's championship was there at the pay-per-view following, but I just remember stuff was so hot back then. Yeah, a lot of the stories going into this year's SummerSlam um... – don't have that same hot temperature as some of them are feel a little more, I don't know if it's drawn out or watered down or what the exact, you know, description would be for each of them, but it doesn't not, there's not as, there's not, there's not the same feel of urgency for all the, you know, Brian and Miz has an urgency. Brock and Roman is ramped up in the last week or two. Um, you know, we've known about the Ronda one now for enough weeks, so I think it's kind of just, you know, everybody's just kind of waiting for the inevitable, but yeah, then there's other things that are just kind of like, you know, the Finn Corbin and, um, you know, it's just some other things that you're just kind of like, eh, I don't know. What's the point here? And maybe that's it. Maybe that's the burden is on the WWE when you say waiting for the inevitable. We've got Roman versus Brock, which if that doesn't happen Sunday, can it ever happen in the near future with Roman going over um, and Ronda in a championship match feeling also inevitable? Maybe that's the thing is that it's really on them to uh, surprise us or make the journey interesting if we feel like we already know the result. Yeah, and that's a good point. You know, it's it's one of the I always say this. And, and look, obviously, you, you know, when you watch any form of entertainment, when you watch you know sitcoms or whatever or dramas, you know, you want to be you know you want there to be a surprise or a swerve or you know you don't want to be able to you know write it in your head and know that's what's going to happen. Um, but at the same point, you have to balance not doing too many crazy swerves, bro. To um, <laughs> you don't want to do too many crazy surprises just for the heck of surprises. You know, sometimes. Um, predictable is okay if it's logical you know sometimes you don't want to get away where it's unpredictable it has no logic if that makes sense well i'll compare it to uh the best thing on tv monday nights which is better call saul uh were you a breaking bad fan justin i'm striking out here no goonies no breaking bad jesus christ how do you not watch breaking (laughs) bad so better call saul is a prequel to breaking bad we know where the character ends up we know where the character's journey goes but you know what they're going to tell us a story in a way that we didn't expect how we got to what we've already seen and that's that is good, the challenge. That's a good, and I, I knew, and I do know that Better Call Saul is a prequel to Break. I mean, but that makes sense the way you put it. That definitely makes sense. You know what the final destination is, but how did they get there? 
Yeah, and how do they get there and not the way that you predict? How do you keep that era of unpredictability? And, uh, man, that's what they really have to do on Sunday is that, okay, is there going to be interference in the match? What's Paul Heyman going to pull? Um, I don't mind if that's the outcome with Roman and Ronda winning, but it just better not be paint by numbers. Boom, there are your new champs. Deal with it. I agree. I can I can see you. You want to you want to have a good journey. And by the way, for all these shortcomings I'm having in, in the uh, movie and TV <laughs> world, feel free, people. Uh, uh, I'll be at 205th Bar prior to SummerSlam doing my annual pre-party from 4 to 6 p.m. Drink specials. Feel free to bring me DVDs and get me get me up to speed with what I need to be watching. Oh, uh, there we go. That's the angle. Um, <laughs> so last night, SmackDown starting off with Carmella, Becky, and Charlotte in the ring. Strange that in those promos, um, they were really putting Charlotte over, kind of burying Becky, I thought, in a very clever way. I like that they worked in so much of her biography, even going to clown school, uh, you know, her time doing stunts, all the things that she's done. Um, but then the end result, flipping it back on Carmella, saying you're a diva in a woman's world. Yeah, it was a creative promo. It was different. Um you know, again, I'm 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 pulling, hoping for a Becky Lynch victory here at SummerSlam. But I also can see, if we were talking about logic, I can also see WWE wanting Charlotte because she, you know, because she is the next to Ronda, she's the most mainstream uh, attraction in, in in the women's division. I could see Charlotte then wanting her to also have a title going into this Evolution show in October. Um, but but yeah, but back to the but to the to the promo itself. Yeah, it was creative, it was different. Um, but I, I didn't I didn't mind it. I thought it was it was fun to watch, it was fun to listen to, something new. No, I liked it a lot, actually. Isn't it amazing, Carmella, um, you know, lover or hater, she's become a main character of SmackDown. How many times has she opened the show in recent months? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, she's, yeah, I mean, she, 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 she's, she's kind of, I don't want to say silenced haters, but she's, she's certainly risen higher than I think a lot of people might have uh, thought if you would have told them a year ago when, you know, uh, you know when, when she had James Ellsworth help, helping her win a Money in the Bank. Yeah, so no, I really like that promo, and then it went into a tag match, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and Justin, I'm worried, because Becky got the pin last night and won, so by Raj Geary's booking math, uh, Becky ain't winning on Sunday. Uh, I don't have this exact stats, but that's it's it's not a that's usually a pretty um, that the math usually works out that way. Yeah. Um, so again, back to my point of I want to see Becky Lynch win the women's title, and eventually she will. But in terms of it being at SummerSlam, um, you know, but you know, but but I guess to, to think about this, you know, we you, you have to think about okay, what's going to walk away with headlines at SummerSlam? And if Ronda Rousey, if we think it's inevitable that Ronda Rousey is going to walk away, and that's going to be the number one headline for the women's division at SummerSlam, maybe Becky winning her first women's championship uh, is best to not happen at SummerSlam because it will get buried um, in, in the headlines. So maybe going back to Charlotte, who's already had several reigns, maybe that does make the, the most sense in the grand big picture of it all if i get tickets for evolution uh my wife and i are planning to go and becky lynch wins the title of evolution I, I hope we are in nowhere in range of camera because we will lose our shit <laughs> if becky wins at evolution with us mark, there. Yeah, mark out have, have fun with it right oh absolutely man absolutely um yeah i could see it going any of the three winning on sunday um at this point i thought the match with mandy and sony last night was was okay. I mean, Becky was dominant. They set up a bit of a storyline with having her, you know, uh, taking too much time, not relying on Charlotte enough last night. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I think Becky versus Charlotte could be a good feud, but man, I mean, that put Charlotte back in the heel role and they, they've really taken her far away from that. 
if that's the angle they go. Maybe they'll turn Becky heel, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't see them turning Becky heel. I think Becky's just kind of such a natural kind of connection, which we've talked about. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I can see Charlotte. I can see Charlotte getting it back. Um, you know, again, you know, she's doing Sports Illustrated mainstream photo shoots and you know, you know, and her dad's been in the news a lot, unfortunately, for health reasons. But you know, between yeah. that and the documentaries, I mean, she, she, again, behind Ronda, she's the most recognized woman that WWE has outside of wrestling circles. Uh, so, well, and Stephanie um, McMahon. Well, yeah. Look, how? how, how, how <laughs> sorry, Steph. Um, yes, I mean, it, it, I, I could see, I could absolutely see Charlotte walking away with this um, for sure, given given all these factors that we're we're talking about. Yeah, uh, they announced Ms. and Mrs. got renewed. Oh, did they? I missed that. Yeah, 14 more episodes in the second season. I, You know, I couldn't make it through more than one. Really? Which is weird. Too, uh, felt too forced, the, the, the scenarios, the, the comedy. Maybe I'll try another one. But I was going to say, know. you who have given like all of the WWE programming from the, the straight-to-DVD movies to the reality shows, and you're going to bow out on that one in the first episode? Well, it was just... It's this thing about this new genre of reality where the scenario is so clearly set up you know nothing about it feels real that that's what bugged me i like the miz i like maurice a lot so you don't you, you just you, you you need a little bit more feeling of it is, is it actually a reality show you don't want too much script yeah because i think the reality is probably pretty interesting right and uh speaking of which uh they leaned heavily on the reality last night and their three-part look back on daniel bryan versus the miz did you notice in that first part when they're showing uh, the Miz's clips and talking about, oh, he was on the most popular reality show of all time with the real world. And they like very qu- quickly show like him just going, I'm the Miz. And that was it because <laughs> he was such a goof in that first season. You couldn't take him seriously now if they showed too much of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, this was um, of all, all three parts. Fantastic. Uh, WWE does these, does these so well, whether you're, whether they're recapping the, uh, a four-week feud, or in this case, an eight-year feud. Yeah. Um, you know, I open up my wrestling reality podcast that comes out um, later today, later Wednesday, and and I, and I say that, that 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 obviously no, obviously not even the genius of Vince McMahon knew in 2010 that this Brian Danielson and this Mike Mizanin that they were going to take this little thing from the NXT competition show and that it, that it, that it would have such amazing story arcs from the Miz's rise and working with Rock and Cena to Brian's rise and then his fall and retirement and his comeback. Um, nobody could have predicted this, but the fact that it's, it's panned out the way it has, if, if we get out of, and I don't think it'll be just this match, by the way, but if we get out of these matches, what we need to get out. And if it, and if it kind of um, culminates this, this segment, this portion of their feud, the proper way you can make a case that the Miz versus Daniel Bryan um, is one of the top three best stories and feuds WWE's had in the last, decade maybe in the last 15 years and i'm and i'm keeping in mind roxine i'm keeping in mind sam punk and wb and, and brock and taker and everything i mean it, it, it this has just been storytelling perfection and we talked about the other night i want them to keep this going i think this should be the hell in the cell match i agree i absolutely agree i, I think uh, i think it you know i know we made a little bit of predictions monday with matt i, I think it makes a lot of sense for the miz to win this because it's going to then provide questions of, okay, well, what about Brian's contract? Or what happens next? Uh, I think if Brian wins it, it's kind of like, okay, uh, maybe this is it. But I think if Miz wins this, it gives it gives need to have a Hell in a Cell match. It gives need to wonder, okay, i got to tune into this week's SmackDown and what's what's going to be said. So, um, this, and Which is great. That, again, back to the whole, we want to know how it's going to get there and unpredictability. This, this has a potential for a lot of that. 
Yeah, I mean this this should be the A storyline for at least the the coming months on SmackDown Live, in my opinion. Um, we had a two on three handicap match: the Bludgeon Brothers in a triple threat versus some local enhancement talent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Bludgeon Brothers did their thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those three guys earned a nice little fun paycheck for the day. Um, <laughs> yeah, not much more to say about it. Uh, physical, hard hitting. You know, I guess good. Yeah, they 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 uh they laid it in. They made it look good. Uh, New Day versus Sanity last night. So Sanity not on the card Sunday. Uh, New Day getting a win last night over them. Do you think they're gonna pull the trigger with Sanity after SummerSlam? I don't know. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards no, just because of what we've seen so far with Sanity. It doesn't really feel like they. Um, it just bluntly doesn't feel like they're a top priority. You know, it feels like that they are serviceable to fit in their trio, so they fit to go up against another trio in New Day. Um, you know, they're they're doing, they're doing some different production things with them in terms of the entrance and then how and how they where they position cameras and how they cut and everything. But it just doesn't feel like from the booking standpoint that they are necessarily a, a top priority right now. Yeah, and you know, with Killian Dane, when I said I was fixated on his weird shoulder hair, <laughs> that didn't mean put the guy in a singlet. He looks like uh, like uh, like a Bull Dempsey now, you know? I don't know this for sure. I'm kind of just purely speculating, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's one of those things where while many fans find his found his physique or his look or his hair as something that made him stand out and that was something for him to you know own, uh, I wouldn't be shocked, just speculating here, that if Vince just, he looks disgusting, cover him up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, I'm just saying this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Sanity. Uh, sanity could really be something, but you can't, you know, how do you have Sanity on the same show as uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, as uh, some of these other teams without it? Just, I don't know. There's no internal logic as to, to what's going on in this division here. Because no, I think every, everyone needs to be a character at that level, you know? Yeah. No, the tag division across the board, and that's not just on Tuesday. That goes to Monday, too. The tag division is very um, head-scratcher right now. I feel like they almost should divide it up and give us – put the Ascension, Authors of Pain, Sanity, Bludgeon Brothers, put them on one brand and then have <laughs> – seriously, and then have the athletic tag teams on another brand. I mean, if 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 one if one show if, if SmackDown was still on Sci-Fi, I think that probably sure. would that would be happening. Uh, no, I know what you mean. I know you know cat, just put all the casting the same kind of genre of guys on one. I mean, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I know I know what you mean though. It is kind of weird when you have you know some of these when you have too many deranged, um, <laughs> deranged uh, you know, well, sanity and Blood Brothers aren't really supernatural, but you know, like when, yeah, when you have too many just dark characters it then then they just kind of cast each they just cancel each other out and and whatever show they put them on then we need jbl to be back on commentary just to you know for the, he's crazy maggle you know maggle. yeah just going on and on um it's such Lights a weird, wrong, right tonight, maggle. It's such a weird gimmick they go to again and again with oh he's deranged he, you know dean Ambrose. he's unhinged and it's like all of these guys look pretty darn uh you know normal just with weird hair which makes it which makes it makes it why uh the, the, the makes it why they have to have therapy sessions. It's yes, why, exactly. It's, it's why Sasha and Bailey have to go to therapy. It's why Kane and Ryan have to go to therapy. I mean, you got a lot of un, a lot of unhinged emotions going on, Glenn. Absolutely, they they should really do more with the therapy segments. Uh, uh, speaking of which, did you see that survey the WWE fan council council sent out yesterday? No. 
So most extensive survey I've ever gotten for them. I saw some other people talking about it online and they got really detailed about different types of matches, everything, uh, you know, from street fights to no holds barred to no DQ. And they broke out like a definition of each one. And they were like, which of these matches are you most interested in, least interested in? They talked about, do you like more celebrity appearances, less celebrity appearances, more legends appearances, less legends appearances? Uh, do you watch Raw now more uh, or less than you used to? I mean, it was probably the most in-depth that I've ever seen from them in terms of really trying to understand viewing habits. But what said to me is, I think they understand, especially with Raw, that something is the matter and they need to you know, put a finger in the air and see what it is that will uh, get more people excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly, I mean, I don't think it's a, that's a fair conclusion to draw from it. I mean, I, I do think that it's just standard anyways when you have especially episodic television that never end. They, they have no off-season. I think that it's it should be mandatory, even no, even if the ratings are on a upward movement, I think it should be mandatory that every so often you just want to put that stuff out there just to just to take the temperature. Um, but yeah, certainly given given the news stories we've all, you know, Wrestling Inc. has covered with, you know, where Raw's ratings have been in terms of... Um, you know, comparison this past summer. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's there's there's no denying that there there's no denying that there is you know that there there's been some unhappiness with and, and there's and there's been some decline with with raw viewership specifically raw. But again, I I am one of those people that I do very much stress that like television ratings. A, it's not a perfect science. B, just today more than ever, just not. I mean, the measurement that I look at actually the most with that I like. Here's how I judge what is people really liking in WWE. From a, from a distribution standpoint, mm-hmm. I go to WWE's YouTube. Yeah, look at WWE's YouTube. When you see what what number spikes and what what you know what view count stands out, that's what I that's what I that's that's how I dictate. I don't look at segment by segment ratings or hour by hour as much. In, you know, the, uh, even though we report them, I look at okay, what what boosted on YouTube because to me that's a true more engagement and true more measurement of what what is connecting with people and what's not. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, for me, it was just uh, cathartic to have the opinion to be like, you know, I am not interested at all in triple threat matches. I'm not interested at all in two on one handicap matches. Just all these things they do again and again and again. Uh, If there could have been a thing where, you know, if I could have just voiced my disdain for the DQ finish, uh, you know, I would have. But yeah, or or you could have talked about Killian Dane's hair and some of those that have. have... They did have a thing. Check who you think the most ten biggest superstars in the WWE were and Killian Dane's back hair, I think is uh, <laughs> definitely top 10, if not top five. <laughs> uh, so yeah, after new day won that match with uh, midnight hour, man, um, we had, Oh, uh, Samoa Joe talking to page backstage. That rhymes. Uh, Samoa Joe in a suit, no white athletic towel nearby, but he was perspiring towards the end. Uh, cutting quite a promo there um, about his uh, views on AJ Styles. Man, I want Samoa Joe to win so bad on Sunday. Mm, yeah, I mean, all you can hope for is a really good match. Um, I, I urge them to be creative in the finish and to, uh, you know, AJ Styles is going to win. I think I think we all have a, a lot of comfort to that. <clears throat> but, you know, hopefully the, the finish is such that, uh, the, the match and the finish is such that obviously it, it um, you know, you feel like Joe was elevated out of it and it was it was, it was good for him. Um, this is another one. This is another one I could see going, you know, several more months, you know. They, so. They're starting to talk more about how long AJ's had the title. That always yeah. makes me think, you know, something's up. Uh, Aiden English versus Andrade Cien Almas. This is an advance of Rusev Day versus Lena Vega and Andrade Cien Almas on Sunday on the SummerSlam pre-show. Um, 
Andrade got the win last night, which makes me think it's going to be Rusev Day on Sunday, and they uh, cut some promos against one another at the end. Um, I'm kind of hyped for this, man. For a pre-show match, this is this is better than uh, the most in terms of feuds. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that it it got put on the as a kickoff match, but then at the same point, you know what? It's there's really not that big of a designation anymore. I mean, between when when you can when you pay when you can pay one price on nine ninety nine and you're getting to see the same when you're getting to see it all. You know, it's not like that we have a traditional pay per view anymore. So they say kickoff. I mean, all all all, all that means is that they're, they're just showing their hand and telling you it's going to be one of the first couple matches. Whereas the rest of the card, the order is always you know to be determined to you watch. I mean, sure. it really anymore a kickoff match. It doesn't have much real designation uh, of difference than the rest of the show. Yeah, man, two o'clock Pacific time. All this starts on Sunday. So you're going to be there. You're going to be at uh, Barclays 5 p.m. Eastern. Well, before that, you've got your well, stuff going on. Yeah, my stuff going on and I'm in a luxury suite. So we actually have a private entrance to, to walk in the back. So I don't have to fight the line. So I, I probably won't. I, that, that's actually I, I, I'll probably miss some of the pre-show matches. I'm hoping that the 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 this one Russo day is the last one. So I can try to see that one because that's the one I care about the most out of the three. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think it was last year. Yeah, it was last year that uh, you know they put the they put the Hardys out there, and 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 they're having people people having trouble getting in the building because of the of the, the lines and the security and everything. So I'll be I'll be curious to see what at what time they put the first match out there and don't run into that same problem of having you're a not, half half empty house. You're not gonna get there early and then go down during the pre-show and just awkwardly sort of lumber around behind Corey Graves and Booker and Pete Rosenberg just standing in the background of the pre-show shot, you know. Uh, I thought about it, but I, I think I'll, I think I'll spare myself. Be one of the guys that just starts chanting Rusev Day, you know. I mean, yeah. if Raj if, if Raj wants to add add a bonus, I'll gladly you know head to Toby and Wrestling Inc. here and stand behind <laughs> and just awkwardly stare. Does that ever do anything? Like, have you, have you ever seen a T-shirt on a TV show and been like, oh, I have to check out that website? Not a T-shirt. I'll be honest. Maybe I'm just weird. I there have been times, and I can't think of any specific because you know I've been watching wrestling for you know over 25 years but there's been times that i've seen somebody have a sign that it's if it's really clever and maybe has somebody's twitter handle or if it's really clever and does have a website i i i will admit i've punched it in just to see what the hell is this what was that one a couple of years ago somebody had a sign this is something like you know what you did heather and it like became <laughs> trending <laughs> what did heather do <laughs> right. uh yeah it's uh i don't know I mean, I, I like I like a good sign, but yeah. I bet you if we made a I bet you if we made a sign about the the butt wipes or whatever the thing is that you were oh, promoting, yeah. I bet you if we put something like read more about Glenn's butt wipes, go here and put a link yeah, or put the promo code dollarshaveclub.com, promo inc. You know, check it out. Uh yeah, maybe signage is uh you know good signage, but uh they do confiscate things occasionally. Yeah, yeah, but probably. Butt wipes probably wouldn't make the cut. I don't know. I think Vince McMahon probably loves the term butt wipe. That would probably uh, tickle him, you know. Did you, did, you, did you mean to use the word tickle? I, I did mean to use tickle. Okay. That, was, that was intentional. Um, right. Jeff Hardy versus Shelton Benjamin. I had forgotten Shelton Benjamin was on SmackDown Live until this match last night. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Hardy won that with the twist of fate. And after Shitsuke Nakamura came out, interrupted, uh, rushed the, uh, yeah, rushed the ring in advance with his match with Jeff Hardy on Sunday at SummerSlam. But then, really, you know, we're talking about this match, but the money shot was Randy Orton lurking near the stage for uh, when Hardy made his exit. Orton ducked back out of sight. 
Have you heard anything more about these allegations against Randy Orton and uh, WWE looking into it? Uh, I mean, I, I probably know more than what anybody can read in terms of, uh, you know, uh, former writers have spoken up and said little things about, you know, you know, uh, you know, old shoot interviews resurfacing of different people. I mean, look, you know, it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Randy Orton's always had some reputation, you know, that that's leaked to the internet of, of being a guy who, you know, behavior, especially in his younger days when he was, you know, immature, uh, of having behavior that, you know. Uh, whatever the behavior that's not you know not not of not of a of a perfect student, um, you know I don't know I, I WWE obviously has to take these things seriously. They I mean that's just that that is the world we live in of of, of they have to take these kind of things seriously. Uh, I you know I but I don't know. I, I'm not saying people are wrong to ever be offended or be concerned of wanting more information, but it's like I feel like if we go down that wormhole, I mean it, it, everything's just changed across the board, not just in wrestling, but like in sport. You know, in sports, how you can coach or how you can motivate, or what's acceptable, what what language is used. You know, we we just you know society evolves and you and and, and you grow up. And I, I just feel like if we go down the wormhole of okay, what kind of pranks did Randy Orton pull, or what kind of what kind of things did he do under the guise of a you know fraternity kind of male environment? Um, if we go down that wormhole, I feel like we're just never going to get out, and we're going to end up we're going to end up you know writing everybody. We're going to put everybody on trial, and I, I just I don't know. I don't know what it accomplishes at this point. Um, that's in my little. I'm going off my soapbox here. <laughs> Sorry. No, hey. Um, <laughs> I have a microphone. I just started talking. Yeah, no, look, so Randy Orton was accused by, oh, which former writer was it? Uh, why am I blanking on his name now? Court, Court Bauer. Court sorry. Bauer, yes, who a friend of the podcast, Court Bauer, saying that Randy Orton used to occasionally whip it out uh, and have it out while uh, people were in the room around promo shoots. Uh, and then he would visibly touch himself, get in there, and then go to shake the writer's hand afterwards uh wwe handshakes are a huge deal backstage and essentially if someone wouldn't shake randy's hand after he did that display he would threaten to tell stephanie or vince that hey this guy's big timing me too good to shake my hand not knowing you know that randy just had it on randy jr uh right before going for the shake so this story came out um i don't think this surprises anyone we've heard of a lot worse antics during the ruthless aggression era, certainly during the attitude era in terms of how talent treated each other backstage. Um, we don't normally hear about them hazing writers like this. That's a little wrinkle. Well, and court wasn't, you know, court was the, the, I guess what started this with his comments uh, that got picked up, but Kevin X, the former writer, Kevin X has made a little, he made a comment in, in, a, in a recent, um, uh, piece that he put out uh, i think freddie prince jr the actor who's also been a writer oh, yes. somebody asked him on social media like did you ever shake randy's hand and he like said like hell no so i mean obviously it's there you know there you know there's there's more than just one person so it's not just court um yeah but again i, I don't know what like i i don't I, I don't know what's supposed to come out of this like what's the end goal here like you say randy randy you shouldn't have done this six years ago i i don't know like i'm not sure what the goal what the, what the end game is here and I get it. I get the issue with it. Um, I mean, certainly I've been very outspoken of my stance on some other things with WWE and how they reconcile their past versus now. But with this one, I don't know what the correct answer is. Although uh, on creative's part, weird timing. If you look at those camera angles last night in the little segment with Randy just sitting there lur lurking, looking creepy behind the curtain um, for such a long period of time, given that this news has blown up on the Internet over the last five days, I have to think. Somebody that either is either completely ignorant or uh, thinks they're a genius for putting him in that position last night. 
Yeah, it was, it, it was a it was a production sequence that we don't normally see. We don't normally see somebody lurking behind the side stage or whatever. Um, it was it was very different. I, I I have no clue. Again, I am just completely speculating. I wouldn't be shocked though if if maybe the original plan going into this week's SmackDown was for Randy to come into a run in or have maybe a more of a visible presence, and that maybe they did because this stuff is so hot right now on the headlines. Then maybe they said, okay, you know, let's just keep you, let's just keep your your involvement in today's show, you know, pretty minimal and and and, and open ended to where he's lurking. He's not he's not officially in this match on Sunday, so you know, it, it kind of acknowledges him that he's still in the in the picture of the storyline, but he's not he's not the the main character, I guess. I don't know, I, but I I wouldn't be shocked if if, if 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 they did change what how they used Orton based upon um, this news. Yeah, I mean, if anything. Uh... That's the problem with working for the same company for such a long period of time is that the WWE is still responsible for it. If he was a former employee, they wouldn't even have to comment. And the story is picking up momentum. I think Fox News picked it up yesterday. So it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, So last segment of the night, AJ Styles out there to respond to Samoa Joe. Uh, AJ talking about Samoa's uh, stabbing him in the heart with the attacks on his family. And then Samoa Joe comes out and says that he got a letter from the WWE universe. Then the fan is saying how it's clear AJ never wanted kids or a wife and that AJ will do anything to be champ because he stays away from his family. And the punchline is that the letter signed by AJ's wife, hoping that uh, AJ loses to Samoa Joe on Sunday. So he'll go back and spend time with uh, his wife and his kids. Um, I loved this. This was fantastic. Yeah, I, I liked, uh, yeah, I liked the, the, the spin on it all, and uh, and I like. I think we talked about this um, in previous weeks. You know, I, I like I like the personal feel. You know, we, I think you and I both have said over and over that AJ Styles. It's kind of like it's been the same song and dance. I'm I'm just the best, and you just line up opponents, but it doesn't really get deeper than that. So I like the story is capitalizing on the fact that they have known each other for a very long time, and obviously when you push the family button, that you know you get the oohs and the ahs. I don't. And I obviously get putting this last. I mean, I understand that, like, okay, it's a title match. It, it's your it's your champion on the show, so you put this as the the, the last thing you see before SummerSlam. But it it did feel like a little bit of an anticlimactic ending to SmackDown. And you thought so? It, well, just the way it. I don't know. But I, I guess I'm I'm always I, I'm not saying this is always right, but I, I like it when like the final go home show is ended with like. What, what did Jim Ross say? The Donnie Brooks. I like it when it kind of ends in like high energy chaos, like. You know, chaos, chaos, chaos. Guys, we're out of time. We're off the air. See you Sunday. Like, I like it when it goes off the air and there's still chaos going on. But I felt like it was just kind of like, okay, we'll see you Sunday. Yeah. Well, compared to Monday, I thought Monday gave us that on Raw. Yeah. Well, this set up the real personal stakes. In fact, you know what this reminds me of? Um, this feud reminds me of uh, kind of like a main roster version of Gargano versus Ciampa. Hmm. Fair comparison. Yeah. They've hit a lot of the same beats, right? Yeah, they have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so we'll see. We'll see if AJ's wife makes a run in on Sunday. <laughs> it could happen. Um, man, so are you looking forward to SummerSlam? You're going to be there. I, I parts of it. I am. You know, I am. Um, I am. I, again, like I said on the, on the top of the show, I, I look forward to watching Brock live. I look forward to Miz and Brian. I look forward to Ronda Rousey. I look forward to the Elias segment. Um, there's some high points that I am looking forward to. Then there's. It's kind of like I am either going to be. I'm either going to make sure that I am. You know, focused watching, paying attention from start to finish of those select segments and matches I just said, or there's gonna be other ones. That off I'm, your ass from start there, to there'll be other ones that I'm just gonna, right. you, know, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, you know, it's, it's, it's extreme. It is as a, it is a too extreme. I don't really have any, any middle ground at this point. 
<laughs> so in those luxury boxes, does the food come with the box? Do they, or do you have to like order and pay for that separate, or do they just keep putting stuff in there? So the gimmick I've done the last couple of years, I've been in the luxury suite. It's, it's courtesy of my, my my wonderful sponsor, Ticket King. So we actually, um, you know, we sell to a discount where you can either purchase the suite for just SummerSlam, or you can purchase the whole weekend of uh, for mm-hmm. for a discounted rate of. NXT, SummerSlam, Raw, and on select nights we do the food and, and alcohol. Some 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 nights are different. SummerSlam will will go all out, uh, but it's select nights of how the company wants to do it of what uh, what you get. But it really is. I mean, again, a nice nice uh, entrance to get up there. You got a great view. We're dead center to the ring. Um, you got your you know you got you know you don't have to wait in long lines for bathroom or food. And 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 it's it's a it's a, if I always urge people seriously that if they're if they're making the monetary investment to do to to go to the event. I urge them. I say, unless you're, unless you got ringside seats and that's what you want to be, I always put this over. We, I think we have three suites because the first two sold out so much. We had to, the demand mm. was there um, because it's it, it really every year, and we see the same, some of the same people come back because they've they found that this is the way to go. Like it's just a phenomenal viewing experience. And again, I give big thanks to TicketKingOnline.com. Yeah, if you're not ringside, I think uh, the the box suite is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely been in those before, but yeah, I think man, even a bad show goes by pretty pretty easily when it's you know they just keep the beer flowing <laughs> the food coming in you know definitely yeah. keeps you entertained um i don't oh, and, know man. And, and, and and the suite and the suite has couches so you can always just oh well there you go out if you need to. <laughs> man compared to take over brooklyn SummerSlam just seems so uh i don't know padded maybe is the word i don't feel like i mean takeovers never really have a lot of filler but SummerSlam, i feel like has a lot of filler well, yeah, I mean, God, I mean, yeah, I mean, takeovers that are down to, you know, they don't go past two and a half hours. Um, I mean, you know, this is, I mean, two and a half hours is going to be just the kickoff show. Yeah, you know? seriously. I mean, wow, the know. kickoff show almost as long as takeover itself. That is uh, an interesting right. thing to think about. Um, yeah. So Wrestling Inc., we're going to have a show after takeover on Saturday. We're going to have a show after SummerSlam on Sunday. And, of course, we'll be back for the Raw after SummerSlam Monday night. And I think it's going to be me, Raj, and Matt Morgan for all three, uh, three nights in a row. So that'll be pretty cool. And uh, thousandth episode of SmackDown was announced. Tickets are going on sale soon. What do you think they're going to do for SmackDown 1000? Well, it looks like we're going to see Taker. Uh, they are advertising The Undertaker. Um, and not that well, not that that means anything. Like in a storyline perspective, it could simply just be again, just a like much like Raw twenty five was. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was in, I was there in the Manhattan Center, and I mean, I will say it was cool to be in that environment. It was cool to see Taker, but I, I will admit that like when the promo and segment was over, I was kind of like, well, what the hell was that? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I wonder if it will get the same kind of thing of just kind of an open ended, uh, yada 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 about darkness and not resting in peace. Yeah, uh, seriously. <laughs> happy birthday, SmackDown. Um, but yeah, I mean, Taker's going to be there. I, I'm sure they will try to pull as many names from the past. Uh, you know, obviously, The Rock is synonymous with SmackDown. Whether or not they can pull that off or not, uh, you know, it's scheduled. Who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I, I was at Raw 1000 in St. Louis years ago, and they did a great job um, with that show. Um, you know, obviously, Raw always takes a little bit more precedent than SmackDown. I think we all that's just kind of like the unspoken thing. But I, I expect a, I expect a very entertaining SmackDown show for 1000. I hope they they put all their efforts into it i think with the fox deal i think now especially smackdown 1000 is yeah. gonna be great point something else um great so that'd be cool yeah great point yeah um so what match are you looking forward to most at SummerSlam? probably for the lack of being able to predict it i'd say miz and brian because i mean I, I i i think reigns is probably gonna win uh i think ron is gonna win I, like i don't have too much reservation about about that but but i think brian and miz because there's just so much 
uh, uncertainty around a lot of things. I think that, and, and that's the one that like, you know, we, we've, and that's like the one that again, that um, we wanted to see and we saw them doing stuff on talking smack, but thought we never would because Brian was medically disqualified and now we're going to get it. I think for all those factors, I'd probably say Miz and Brian is, is the, is the match I'm most looking forward to um, like bell to bell um, spectacle wise. I'm looking forward to seeing right after the second bell, the ending bell of Lesnar and Reigns. I want to see what, what chaos ensues. I want to see what the crowd's doing. I want to see the, is it bloody? What's the, what's the carnage? Uh, so I want to see the aftermath of Brock and Roman, but I want to see bell to bell, uh, Miz versus Brian. Yeah. I'm looking forward a lot to AJ versus Joe Miz versus Brian. Actually a lot of the SmackDown ones, Carmella, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I think it's going to be great. Um, even Rusev day and uh, Andrade San Almas and Zelina Vega that on the kickoff show, you know, and then Alexa versus Ronda, that'll be cool. Brock versus Roman will, uh, it might be the number one thing we're talking about again, right? If somehow Brock retains, internet's going to explode. Well, I don't think, it, I, you know, since I won't be on the post with you guys, I mean, I don't think Brock is leaving New York as champion. I think if he beats Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, I just don't see him leaving Raw as champion. Um, hmm. And I don't see Braun Strowman dropping his briefcase to Kevin Owens, so put two and two together there. Um but uh, yeah, but I'm. I mean, I, again, I don't know. I mean, look, I understand. I, I I get the critique of Brock, and I get I get the critique of like how the Universal title has been handled, and and, it, and it's how scarce it's been. But I still tell people, really. I mean, you know, I, I really appreciate watching the Brock Lesnar matches and, and and the impact and the intensity to him because we're not going to ever see anybody ever again like this. Um, you're never going to see something like this. A guy who has in a day where we a day in, in a day and age where so many wrestlers where we get to see the real life of them and social media and they're so exposed and all this Brock still keeps that secret. He, nobody knows what Brock's like, you know, nobody, nobody knows a lot about Brock. He keeps himself very well protected. Um, he, he keeps himself very well feared, you know, and, and he is when he shows up, it's, you got to see what's going to happen. And especially for a match. So I, I still hold that mystique with Brock. So I, I'm, I look forward to seeing him. That's why, why didn't Roman take Paul Heyman up on it the other night when Paul wanted to reveal Brock's big, dark secrets? <laughs> you know, my first thought was, like, you go into Brock's house, wall-to-wall, Sanrio, Hello Kitty, everything. You know? <laughs> big, dark secret number one. Uh, hey, and then the, well, the Paul Heyman factor. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I, you know, we talked about this Monday. I, I don't think, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I, I do think there was a little taking the temperature of the interaction with he and Roman to see what people's, just to see what how they would, what an arena did. Would they chant yes? Would they chant no? Would they get excited? I think there was a little bit of, let's just see what happens when this goes out here. I wish they kept that going. That would have been so much more interest in this match for me if uh, we were going yeah. into this with Heyman as Roman's advocate. Well, I don't know if it would be more interesting of him going in with, as Roman's advocate, but if they left the cliffhanger of like, if, if you know, when Roman had that stunned look after um, Paul spoke to him in Samoan, if they would have left it there, <laughs> if they no, but if they would have left it there and kind of like left us with the feeling of like Roman was like kind of like pondering, that would have been the cliffhanger I wanted. I, w- I would want to see, okay, they just left us a little bit of a of an opening here. That that would have been much more interesting versus the immediate turn pepper spray. So let's say Roman wins mm-hmm. on Sunday, as we predict he's going to. What promo does he come out Monday? and give and how many seconds does he get into it before he says the words believe that <laughs> uh i'll say he's inside of 60 seconds it says believe that because the uh 55 seconds that'll lead up to that will be him saying 
I told you I'm better than this guy. This guy doesn't want to show up for work. I did it. But Phil, Phil, Phil. And then I think Brock Lesnar comes out and he wants a rematch. He, he's enacting oh, his rematch clause. Rematch. Roman still somehow wins. And here comes Braun Strowman. We should get that. Man, that should happen Monday night on Raw. That would be electric. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying for yeah. Monday. Yeah, yeah. I hope that's the case. I mean, that, that's almost too good. I could see them coming up with that idea and be like, this is money. And then Vince being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's not, let's not blow, blow our wad too quick. You know, uh, let's save something. We got, we got weeks to put on a programming here. Well, I, I mean, in a way, they don't have weeks. I mean, this is, if, if, if this is Brock's, Monday's Brock's last appearance for an unknown yeah. amount of time. So they don't, it's not like they have, like, you know, it's not like, it's not like with WrestleMania or with Saudi Arabia where they knew they still had him for the next four months, but they don't. He's going away. He's going to a different sport for time being. So you have to look across. Brock's going to play across. <laughs> you have to separate the title from him and you have to separate Paul Heyman from him. Yeah. Brock Lesnar should pull that. Remember back, like, well, probably a little uh, before your time, but Bo Jackson, that was a big deal in the early 90s. Like, oh, he plays football. He plays baseball. You know, it was like Michael Jordan plays basketball, plays baseball. I want Brock Lesnar to do everything. He's just going for every sport. And lacrosse was your pick. Lacrosse was my first pick. But no, I think he should be out playing for a minor league team, you know, maybe his designated hitter. Uh, he should be, you know, go back to football. I mean, he just he should do it all. Let I him think. be a let him be a dominant bowler. I want to see him oh, move. there you go. <laughs> Bowling, hey, that arm strength, it counts for something. Uh cool, man. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for today. What do you want to plug before we take this home here? I already got the plug. Um, again, hope to see everybody in Brooklyn uh, su- Sunday, 4 to 6, 205th. Uh, tons of drink specials, uh, Q&A, DJ, music. Um, be a lot of fun. So look forward to seeing everybody. Cool, man. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. And here's why you should follow me on Twitter. I'm going to be live tweeting along with NXT TakeOver. I'm going to be live tweeting along with SummerSlam and the Monday Night Raw following SummerSlam. I'm telling you, you like these uh, snarky comments. Stay tuned to my Twitter account. There's going to be a lot more of them. And, of course, myself, Mr. Raj Geary, Mr. Matt Morgan, back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast, Saturday night after TakeOver, Sunday night after SummerSlam, and Monday night after Monday Night Raw. Until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we will see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.